I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I think the only thing that she said was, Barb, if you're gonna have sex... Just do it in the house. Don't Just do, do it, it with car. a girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that promotes equality by being equally excited about gay marriages and gay divorces. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with musician Barbara Gruska about mother-daughter dykes. But first, some announcements. You know the drill. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Write a review. Say hi. We love to see it. Oh, we just got a good review. Someone called us smart and sensitive. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I look at the reviews. I love to read them. I I, I squint, right, <laughs> and I scan them. I have to do it with caution. I should make Cecilia go through and only tell me the nice things people say about me. They've been pretty lovely lately, and thank you all so much. And if you hadn't, you know what to do. Oh man, Melody, 
what a week. I finally graduated from the hotel and went back to the house that I supposedly own. Really? Because I'm seeing some hotel-esque curtains behind you. Right. Back at the hotel because we were really pushing the limit on uh, how long we could go without showering. So we got the toilet back and thought we could be back in the house and we thought the shower would be up and going and it was not. So we, we showered. Monday morning when we left the last hotel and then didn't shower until Saturday night. Oh, man. We have, how's, it, how's it feel? <laughs> I mean, the showers feel glorious. We had body wipes, and then we also got a bidet, which I'll get more into later. And <laughs> as a Middle Eastern person, I fully support a bidet or even a watering can, just washing your butthole. I fully support that. Good for you. Yeah. So it felt like, a, you know, the important parts of the shower were being covered. But uh, <laughs> the one fun thing, though, was um, with being back at the house this week was Cecilia was walking around the neighborhood and she met our neighbor who I thought might be gay because they have a HRC, Human Rights Campaign, uh, equal sign bumper stickers on their car. So Cecilia finally met him and is pretty sure that he's gay. So she was asking about the people who used to own the house, Anita and Dolores, and just getting confirmation about them being a couple. And he said that the house in the neighborhood used to be called the women's house because it's just two streets. It's a very small neighborhood. So everybody knows everybody. And we're starting to pick up on like who likes who, who doesn't like the other people. What are What's the gossip? What are the dynamics? And eating it up. And we love that the house is called the women's house and hoping that now it will be called the women's house once again. That's so funny. And thank you for explaining that for me, because, you know, we have a document. We have our notes for the episode. I see women's house and I go, what did I miss in Dyke World this week? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I googled like around and I was like, women's house. Yeah. I was like, well, the women's house. I haven't heard of this film. <laughs> Speaking of women and older lesbians. Uh, Can we finally talk about it? We can finally talk about it. The fact that we watched the two of us on, we both watched it New Year's Eve, but it comes out this week so we can actually talk about our opinions on it. We also got to watch this Q&A. Moderated by Julianne Moore. Yes. Resident Lesbian straight actress Julianne Moore. Right, right. Just I was trying to think, how am I going to... How do I describe Julianne Moore as somebody who has, what, thrice played a, a queer woman? Yes. <laughs> While being and there very was, straight um, in real life. There was a great uh, moment in the Q&A where, right at the beginning, she asked Barbara, the woman who plays one of the two main lesbians, Yeah, you know, her inspiration for her role and she was like well actually you I watched you and the kids are all right so I really got what I needed from that oh which <laughs> you being a big old dyke which part were you watching the one where uh Julianne Moore sucks Mark Ruffalo's dick was it that part of the kids are all right <laughs> is that your inspiration the God, cuddling in people. bed while they watched Gay male porn. <laughs> yeah, should have watched uh, Ammonite, though. I guess it wasn't out yet, but <laughs> yeah, um, I did love this actress, though Barbara 
Sakawa. Yeah, she's. I've only read her name. She was so great in this movie, and both of them were great. And this was a great example of doing a story that is about lesbians and. One of them doesn't want to come out of the closet. <laughs> so we have Happiest Season and we have this. And one of the films does it right. Because, you know, you these stories do exist. So we can still tell them, but do it in a way that's unexpected, that's interesting, that's more nuanced, that... Okay, this film is truly the best story about two old lesbians since Grace and Frankie. I love it so much. <laughs> As of now, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for good reason. Um, it's a gorgeous film. Um, just yeah. the way it was shot was so brilliant, too, the way he used doors. It's about two older lesbian women who live in the same apartment across the hall from each other. They're lovers. One of them is still in the closet to her family. But they knew each other before they moved in across the hall from each right. other. So that was like a way for them to be close to each other and be able to, you know, spend time with as much time with each other without having to be for the other woman to be out uh, to her family. I mean, I think it's in it's in the previews and the one woman suffers from a stroke and she can't talk anymore. So it plays with this whole thing of, you know, before she wouldn't tell can't. her family and now yeah. she literally can't tell her family that she's gay and she's with this woman and they had plans to finally um move out move away together live together spend the rest of their lives out yeah and it's it's just like a beautiful story about love it's a sad story about you know feeling like you can't be your true self and um, yeah, dealing with sometimes the unpleasant things about being gay, but then also showing that love. And I, I don't know. I love seeing too. And it's not because I think older women are sexy. I do love seeing older <laughs> lesbian notice, stories of like these <laughs> of two characters who, you know, have been together for so long and it's fun to watch like an older established couple. Um, where one isn't sleeping with the sperm donor of their children or where one isn't spending the entire movie flirting with their ex-boyfriend from high school, you know. Yeah, loved that about it. <laughs> yeah, one of them didn't give a fuck about what the other one's family thought about her <laughs> and really right. made that known. That was refreshing. I don't know. It was a really, it was beautifully told. So check it out. Two of us find it, rent it, watch it. And it's a great story. Yeah, we'll watch that over and over while we wait for the future queer films coming at us this year. What have we got? We got our first glimpse. Yes, as Case do as Diana, which is an interesting choice. I didn't understand it when I saw the announcement. I see her now. <laughs> the The first few shots we got, great wig. Um, yeah, she looks like her. Wouldn't have expected no. it. Yeah, I wouldn't she have expected so like it her. at all. I wonder if the POV in this movie is that Princess Diana actually wasn't charismatic. But the thing it made me think of immediately was that Instagram account. 
that was Princess Diana dressing like a lesbian yes. and they took it down it was because a lot down. of people thought it was mean or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it was like this great Instagram of all, all these outfits that Diana had in the in the 80s and the early 90s that, you know, and a lot of that fashion is also, if you were to see it on someone today, you might think that they were queer. Some of it is like just of the time. Right. But I don't think it's impossible that in other circumstances, Diana would have been queer. Same. I'm right there with you. She had dyke energy. She did. And it's not just the shoulder pads, <laughs> though we do love those. Well, I don't know when that one's coming out, but a movie that's coming out soon that I'm so, so looking forward to on, um, you know, our biggest ally, Hulu. Hulu, yeah, I really. believe, is actually has officially come out as a lesbian uh, with all of its. Hulu's trying to be my best content. friend. They just put out Freaks and right? Geeks with all the original music, too. Ugh, thank you, Hulu. Yes. Love it. Well, now on February 26th, they're coming out with the United States versus Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. Billie Holiday, somewhat famously bisexual. Depends on who's telling the story because I was watching CBS Sunday Morning today and they were covering the movie and they did not have any clips of Natasha Leone, who seems to play her love interest in this movie. Homophobic. Right. How are you going to have a whole segment on CBS Sunday Morning and not have Natasha Leone wearing those Don't we see Natasha Leone so much in the like previews and just like... Yeah, that's what I thought was funny. Or is that just what's being catered to my feed? I don't know. (laughs) It's the special lesbian cut (laughs) that the algorithm knows where to put it out. Maybe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And we'll not just be watching it for the gay stuff. That's just a happy bonus. I would have watched it anyway, but I'm glad they're including it. What else? There was so much going on in the news this week. You know, we should mention it because we talked about her last week that Ella Emhoff, who is um, Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, stepdaughter, is now a signed model. Of course she is. So you know what, you haulers, all you have to do is show up dressed to impress at an inauguration <laughs> and you too can be a model. It's so funny. There's this viral tweet that was like, I knew it was going to be like this, but it still doesn't make it any easier. And it's three <laughs> screenshots. One is a People magazine tweet that says Joe Biden only follows one Twitter account not affiliated with the White House, and it's Chrissy Teigen. Because he does follow like eight accounts, and they're all official government accounts and Chrissy Teigen because she asked. Oh, my God. And then so that's one of three screenshots on this viral tweet. The second (laughs) is from the Biden-Harris like official um, watermarked, but it's with a paw, um, statement from the first dog's champ and major Biden. It says woof 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 uh, woof woof like <laughs> paragraph, and then it says translation from canine. We love it here at the White House. All the humans are petting us and giving us nom noms and just like all this stuff, <laughs> right? So that's the second of the three screenshots, and then the third is the tweet from IMG Models that just says now yep. representing Ella Emhoff. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. Hey, speaking of people whose names start with E L L, Elliot Page. <laughs> Guys, we are trying that for transition. our best. Oh my god. <laughs> they can't all be gold. We are highs and lows, baby. 
<laughs> Elliot Page is getting a divorce from his wife, Emma, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> I know. In our Facebook group, everyone was surprised, and Carolyn came in like, wah, wah. <laughs> Like, I'm not surprised. I saw this coming. Okay, here's the thing. When I first learned about them and their age difference and how young Emma was when they got married, as somebody... Emma got married younger than I got married the first time. And I'm not saying that I was too young when when I got married or anything like that. But for Hollywood relationships, there are very few right, where people get married at 24 and stay married. That's all I was saying. I wasn't ruining it for it to fail just to be in in cool company, you know. I uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, people people want to speculate if it had stuff to do with Elliot's coming out. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. That doesn't matter. What matters is that, you know, it's something that's not working for them anymore and it's a bummer when things don't work out, but it's also like a great thing speaking as somebody who was better off after they got divorced. Yes. So I'm happy for the both of them. I love new beginnings. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it was amicable because they separated over the summer. Which, Didn't know that. Which was a surprise because on their Instagram, they seemed to be very loving still. Like it was Emma's birthday in November and Elliot had posted something. And then when Elliot came out, Emma was super sweet and supportive about it. So it seems like, you know, they're on okay terms. Except hmm. they said it was a contested yeah, divorce was the only that's thing. That's not a good word. It's almost as if I think uh, things aren't money. what they seem on Instagram, is what you're saying. No. <laughs> it, it's kind no. of crazy, Why but would anyone do it that? seems like things seem happier and better on Instagram. That is so weird. I don't know. Just that be mindful. very of weird. I'm, I'm going to start considering that. I'll keep yeah, that yeah, in yeah. mind. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I can't even fake it. I just don't post on Instagram. I know. I what's the point? What? It, <laughs> yeah. My if my Instagram posts were to reflect how I'm doing both uh, physically and mentally right yeah, now. Yeah, you don't want boy, me to post on Instagram right now. So like somebody would call a hotline yeah, for me. Follow <laughs> me, but just sit tight for when I'm better. Uh, yeah. Okay yeah. Just right wait. Now. I love how last episode I was like, I'm great, Carolyn. I went up on my antidepressants. Thus solves everything going on in the world. <laughs> I, yeah, wow. <laughs> Feeling very different from last recording. Uh, but we are getting a nor'easter. And I love that as a depressed person. I know a lot of people with depression too uh, do love extreme weather. It's like you just get yeah. like a pass, like an excuse to just kind of do nothing and nothing. Like it just alleviates a lot of pressure. That's was the pandemic not enough? Yeah. Was the pandemic not enough, Melody, that you also need a nor'easter on top of it to feel good about staying in? Until I was like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, okay. Because I already worked remote. (laughs) Do you understand? I was like, all right, business is huge. And then, (laughs) you know. Right. Um, So Uh. I'm not posting on Instagram, but I will be posting on Rizzle, a new app you can download. Why? Because they're going to pay me to post on there. (laughs) It's like a TikTok. (laughs) I don't know. Download Rizzle, guys. New content coming there only because I'm paid. (laughs) Should we just stop pretending we're clued in? 
and reporting on Dyke World and just talk about ourselves. Like, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Good idea, Melody. The gayest <laughs> thing that I did this week is, uh, well, two things. First, I mentioned earlier that we did get a, a bidet for our toilet. And we got the one where it's like the entire seat. So that, um, because some are just the attachment uh-huh. that you put on. And the attachment, usually you can't control the temp of the water. So it, it is it is a cold burst of water <laughs> that goes to your butt. And I'm more of a princess than that. I wanted the same kind of toilet ex- experience as when I used to go to the Korean fried chicken place in my neighborhood back in the good days. <laughs> Wait, oh, I've had that and- place right when I joined the podcast. We hung out in order. Oh, my yes. God. So good. But it will give you diarrhea. And that's so good that they have that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on how spicy you yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a, a toilet seat, you know, the ones that are very popular in like Japan and Korea, and they the toilet seats um, get warm. You can pick the the water temp. You can have the water pulsing. There are three different ways for the stream to hit you. You can move the stream so it hits the target just right. So I had uh, Cecilia. I was like, Cecilia, you got to try it. And of course, she tried it when I was in there, and I wanted to see her react to it. And I believe I witnessed the bidet giving my wife more pleasure than I have. Um, <laughs> she was just really into, I know, this bidet is now problematic. <laughs> You're going to have to it, like regulate, hit you her have to regulate her bathroom time now. I know if she's, you know, I'm not, I'm going to let her have as much, if, if having too much fun on the bidet is your kick in uh, 2021, go for no, it. No, this is how insecure I am. <laughs> Sanction it. <laughs> <laughs> watching her use the the bidet was pretty gay and uh, having yeah. her uh you know comment on it <laughs> i love bidets thank you for inspiring They're me great. i do want to get one yeah see if you can get the one though we we couldn't get it uh at our place in queens with the way that the water lines worked and everything but this one it like it requires an outlet you gotta yeah. hook it up, but boy, is it worth it. I'm so happy about this bidet seat. The other thing is, as I mentioned, we're back at the hotel, which means we're back on having cable TV on in the background, which means we're getting served up erectile dysfunction <laughs> commercials. Absolutely. That and mesothelioma. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, We're watching this one that had like a illustration of the veins in the penis. Why? And (laughs) saying that you could have like these pulses or something sent to your penis veins to help circulation, to help solve erectile dysfunction. And at the same time, Cecilia and I just look at each other and go, Ew. <laughs> and then Cecilia's like, this makes me not want to have cable. And I'm like, this is pretty gay of us, just being both like so disgusted and turned off by this erectile dysfunction. Commercial. Oh my God. That's so funny because you when you said um Cecilia was like, this makes me not want to have I for a second I thought she was gonna say kids because you might oh. have a boy and it might have a penis. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I get it. Yeah, no, I'm already mentally prepared for for that uh, of like... You know what? My friend had a baby. Oof. It's my best friend. So the, just 
my best friend, so you know why she was comfortable doing this. We were FaceTiming and she was changing his diaper and she was just like, you have to see how big his balls are. It's a one month infant. <laughs> Huge yeah, yeah, yeah. balls. So yeah. crazy. I had no idea. <laughs> this is someone who didn't know her own boyfriend after a, after a year of dating was circumcised. I mentioned this on the bus. Yeah. So obviously I'm floored. But like, that was crazy. No, when when they're little like that, the the balls are like a lot bigger than the penis. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. The yeah, the contrast like teeny, too. Tiny, the tiny. That's penis. yeah. That's what it is. I just can't stop thinking in the weirdest way. Not. It's <laughs> just so gross. Baby, I'm not editing this out. This is staying in. That Melody can't stop thinking about I this baby's balls. Stop thinking about little baby Harry's balls. What's the gayest thing you did this week, Melody? Well. Couple things. I do have to mention that we talked about Julianne Moore ever since I watched that Q and A we got sent um, that Julianne Moore moderated for two of us. Got me thinking about how she's such a fucking lesbian, um, at least on the screen. Um, and I went yes. back and revisited that sex scene between her and Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Yep. Amanda Seyfried. I don't. I just realized. See. You have a big crush on yeah. her. I thought you always said Seafried. It's Seafried, right? Is it Sea? I, I don't know. So. I do have a crush on her. <laughs> I've had a crush on her since I was closeted, too. So it's like I really wasn't talking about her. I was just used to reading all these names and never having to speak them. Um, I didn't realize that she had a sex scene with Julianne Moore. And then I messaged her. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned it. Like, did, you like, know? did you know? Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but that was like a decade ago. It was like before I came out. I was like, this is great. I saw that film. Was that around the time that she played queer in the hours and then also played queer in the kids are all right. And then I feel like there's another one, but yeah, if, the hours was she do it like three times. 2002 or something. 2003. Yeah. So yeah. And then like Chloe, I felt like was more early 2010s. Um, but yeah, I watched it again. It's been some time. Love it. Still love it. I went and read an interview they had about it. And apparently they were really anxious about it, as they always are, counting down the days till they had to shoot that <laughs> dreaded scene. And it turns out the director of that film was like really adamant about how he wanted it performed, that he hired these like kind of stunt, <laughs> sex stunt doubles, <laughs> people to come and act out exactly how... He wanted it. And so he was oh. like pointing at everything the stand-ins were doing and had them perform the sex scene and was like, do you understand? I want that to be exactly like that. Um, and he made that very clear, only intimidating them more. And it was apparently a huge win for Julianne and Amanda that they pitched a way to make it gentler. <laughs> and they were just like, the interviews are like, it was a huge win that day. <laughs> It wasn't as rough and crazy as this Armenian-Canadian director who has done a lot of other erotic stuff wanted it to be. Who was it that just came out and said they weren't going to do any more uh, sex scenes that were directed by men? Kira Knightley, right? Okay, she said, yeah. yeah, so it's like I saw conflicting, I saw reports that are like she said she's not doing any sex scenes. And I was like, no, no, no. Include the whole quote uh, on Twitter. A lot of news outlets did included the by yeah. male directors. Yeah. It's just a deal breaker now for her. It's too uncomfortable. It's I'm sure she would with a female director. 
right? Yeah. Or with Kate Winslet being the coordinator. I think, you know, again, I'm all for giving these jobs and these roles to queer people. But if you've proved that you can do the job, um, I think Kate Winslet also should get yeah, a fair shot that sh- to coordinate this she stuff. She should be a sex scene consultant, queer sex scene consultant. Yeah. Um, yes. I was listening to an interview with Kate Winslet when Ammonite came out and she was um, in this other movie. I forget what it's called, but there was going to be a sex scene between two women in the back of a car and they were like younger actresses and they were really nervous about it. And it was a male director. So Kate Winslet volunteered to get in the trunk of the car (laughs) And just be in the trunk so they had somebody there for just, like, support and to check in and make sure that they were okay during the scene. So Kate Winslet was just like, yeah, what? let me just be in the trunk while you're having your sex scene. That's nuts. I didn't know that. I shouldn't bring up Kate Winslet because then I get distracted and then you don't tell me what your actual gayest thing of the week was. Okay, my actual gayest thing, have to shout out my haircut, y'all. I got the most bisexual bob. I really went in and said, can you give me a bisexual bob? Yeah. Did the Chinese man know what I was talking about? No. (laughs) But what did he do? He was cutting my hair and he stopped and he like clapped his hands. He was so cute and was like, I love big change. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's been almost a year since the last time I remember you getting a bisexual bob before our last Stonewall I know, show. that was my last bisexual bob. Yeah. Um, I went straight from the salon to the Stonewall show, so those pictures were fire. Um, yeah, I um, double masked. I I can say I'm, I've survived a Groupon haircut. <laughs> um, nice. I, you know... The salon I go to has raised its prices once again, and I do love them so much. I just, I don't know. It's like I see a specific girl there, and like we kiki, I bring her like a latte. Like I really take care of her when I'm there, and I just like was feeling depressed and not chatty. Like really needed a dress. I just had to chop it off, and like I'm feeling broke (laughs) because I am unemployed. Um, so I just. I took a risk on a Groupon haircut, but I love it so much. It looks Um, great. So much more affordable. Thank you. I really, I like it. No shade to, if you're in New York, go to Salon Ziba and see Chris. She's great. I just. um. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of salons, I I know my hairstylist had to raise her prices because of the pandemic and how much like less, you know, because usually she'd have like two people going at once. She would get like have a color and a cut going at the same time and kind of mm-hmm. go between the two. And she can't do that anymore because of right. COVID. So she's had to raise her, her prices to deal with that. Well, what do you say we get into our interview? This is one I've been so excited about. Today we are taking out with drummer, singer, and songwriter Barbara Gruska or Barb Grushka, if you're feeling fancy, about Mother Daughter Dykes. You may know her from her former band, The Bell Brigade. We met her while she was playing drums for her wife, Samantha Sidley, and also tagged along for the recording of Melody's first official episode as co-host on Trauma. Uh, Barb has also toured the country with some of the biggest names in music and lesbian music specifically. And 
we just want to let you know, initially we were going to dike out about fitting in, but then we had so many questions about Barb's relationship with her mom that we switched topics. So let's get to it. Barb, it's so great to finally be diking out with you. I'm glad to be here. So sad it's not in person. Me too. <sighs> well, well, yeah. How are you doing? It's been a rough week. I know it's been a rough week. I'm good. My my dog passed away on Sunday, so Sam and I are like we're pretty broken up about it because she was really the best. But um, I know. And listeners, you can't see it, but Barb right now is uh, in full mourning garb. She has a veil, a black veil across her face, um, just really pretty much going through it. Yeah. And no, but but it's that's like the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks so much. It really does. Are you going to get another? Yeah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait a little bit. Um, and we, we, we're definitely, we're dog people, not baby people. So yeah. we're definitely going to rescue just forever. Um, but yeah. my sister-in-law, Sam's sister, has has a, a baby. She just had her in early October, and we babysat her for the first time a couple days ago. And... Um, when she came to pick her up, she was like, now do you want a baby? And I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, being like an aunt, the best thing to me is just being able to tap out whenever oh, you dude, want. Yeah. And then when you think like, oh, my gosh, what if I couldn't tap out? Yeah. Ooh, that'd be a lot. I say this as someone who's like trying to have kids with my wife. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> really? really. <laughs> but... But I understand. Yeah. I'm an amazing the... auntie. I really am. I'm so yeah. jealous. My sister's asexual, man. I just I feel like that's <sighs> why I have to have a baby because I don't want to, but I know she's right. not. <laughs> right. I want yeah. to be a gay aunt. Yeah. So bad. It's so much fun. But the best part is mm-hmm. tapping mm-hmm. out and just being like, yeah. Oh, that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> Cecilia and I are also thinking about um, rescuing a dog and she's really wanted one. But while we were living in the city, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I just don't want a dog in New York. We're always like out and about, like if it has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and having to like go down the elevator and everything like that. Like one day, eventually when we get a house, we can have a dog. And I just never thought we were going to get a house. Like the I just didn't think it was ever going to happen because when you live in New York, you're like, that's an impossible thing. Uh, So now she's like, all right, this was the deal. You said I could have a dog now. (laughs) I can't wait. So we'll see. We'll see. I know we found one. What Um, kind? What what, big, small? What? what? I so I like small. She wants like a a big dog, but I'm like, I cannot pick up poop with both hands i need something (laughs) that you can pick up the poop with one hand (laughs) i've got this claw thing that's really great this claw poop picker upper a pooper scooper yeah yeah pooper scooper and it's like a you squeeze it and it's a claw and you it's really it's just a one hand job hand job it's a (laughs) Um, a one it's a one poop hand job Yeah, technically just one hand with that. Um, I was talking to my dad a few days ago, and he 
finally admitted he wants pets. I don't know. Middle Eastern parents will like never admit it. And but <laughs> they're like in retirement. They're just like, what? My dad was furious when he found out I got a cat. He's like, why would you get that? Just go on the street. They're everywhere. It's like we're not in Tehran, actually. And I can't just hang out on the street with lots of cats. And we have domesticated cats we care about. Um, but yeah, I think my dad in his retirement has been so into TikTok. Like all he does is send me cute like baby videos, pet videos, babies interacting with pet videos. And so we were FaceTiming the other day and he was just like, I have decided I want a dog and I want a cat and I want them to be friends. Oh no, he said, and they're going to be friends. He didn't even say, I was like, I was like, are you just on TikTok? Is that it? Like he's seeing all the viral videos and he's like, surely I'll get one of each, they'll be best buds. Uh, the cat's going to go on hikes. I don't know if you guys go on TikTok, but we've got some crazy adventurous pets on there. <laughs> That's amazing. That are unique, I'm saying. It's so cute. But anyways, I'm definitely scouting the Savannah, Georgia area for pets, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, them. speaking of pets and rescuing, we've got to ask you, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, shit. God. I, everything. Um, <laughs> I, everything. I mean, look at me. Um, <laughs> let's see. What's the gayest thing I've done this week? Like, go on a walk without a bra and underwear? Because, yes. <laughs> is that gay? <laughs> yes. Count it. Very gay. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Babs, talk to me. Where did you grow up? I grew up here in Los Angeles. Oh, Um, right. You and Sam both, right? Both of us grew up here in L.A. We still live here. I I went to Oberlin in Ohio for one year. My freshman year. How gay was that? um, It was really gay. A lot of people I know went there and came out with some haircuts is all I'm saying. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I, I, so I came out the summer after I graduated from high school, 2001, and then um, my hair was down to my butt. I cut it all off, like shaved it all off, went to Oberlin, and um, like immediately girls started like flirting with me and like I I didn't know what to do and I <laughs> and I was still I was still in love with my first girlfriend from from high school and so I didn't mm. like uh I didn't do anything about it but anyway so I went to Oberlin for one year um and then dropped out because I was depressed and I, I did that too moved to the yeah <laughs> And I moved Ohio to New York. Ohio will so do that. <laughs> I moved to New York um, on paper to um, establish residency and then be able to like get a scholarship to go to a music school in New York and and live and work there before I would go back to school. That was what I said to people. <laughs> but really, it's because my girlfriend lived uh, went to school at Wesleyan, and it was just a short train ride away from New York City. Oh, so, oh. I, <laughs> so I worked at EJ's Luncheonette. I don't know if you ever went there. It was like kind of near near the new school. And, yeah, um, 
I lived, I kind of couch surfed everywhere in Brooklyn for like six months. And then uh, it was 2002 and I, I found this like loft thing with like six of my friends in Bushwick. I think before it was like really super, you know, Mm-hmm. Back then, yeah, yeah, and pop popular, and uh, I have a lot of Orthodox family in Long Island, and my grandma was still alive at the time. I was really close with her, and they called her, and they were like, um, "Not even the cops go to Bushwick. She can't. <laughs> she can't live there." And so my my family was like, "Barbara, you have to move," and I was like, "Nope, not doing it." And then my grandma called me and she was like, Barbara, you have to promise me you're not going to live there. And I just caved for my grandma. And I was like, okay. And they were like, they were like, does that mean you're coming home? And I was like, no. And I moved into my girlfriend's dorm in in Middletown, Connecticut. (laughs) I love Middletown, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. Just putting it out there. It's great. Lovely town. It's great. It's a really nice town. Mm -hmm. And she would go to... um, her classes and stuff. And you know that weird thing when you're when you're young like at, when you're out of school and it's like the you don't even go here thing. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't I didn't make friends with any of her friends simply because I didn't go there. Do, do you guys know is that a thing or did that just happen to me? They're talking <laughs> about fitting in. I no, maybe no. I just didn't fit in. No, that <laughs> tracks. I can understand okay. some weird attitudes. Right, right. That were um, like, anyway, you I- didn't submit your heart wrenching poem to get into Wesleyan at like eclectic house or whatever the right, <laughs> right, yeah, hipster house. Yeah, no, that's where they all lived. They lived mm-hmm. at that hipster house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Went to anyway, a rock show there once. Okay, yeah. And then I moved back to L.A. after a few months, got into uh, CalArts for jazz drums um, and went there for like a year and then dropped out to go on tour. And I, that's pretty much what I've been doing ever since. This was I'm th- I'm almost 38. So this was like, yeah, like 18, 18 years ago. And can you name drop some of the people that you've played drums for? Because it's quite the list. Oh, yeah, sure. Um I'll start you off. Fiona Apple. Yes, Fiona Apple. Um, <laughs> Katie Lang. Um, Chrissy what? Hind from The Pretenders. Ray LaMontagne. Did I already say that? No, no. Um, Elvis Costello. Wow. Um, Jenny Lewis. Okay. Um, <laughs> Body goosebumps. Just the name sends um, me. <laughs> Yeah, her her record Acid Tongue. I'm playing drums on that, and I toured that whole record cycle with her. Really? Oh, I yeah. went to My that um, show. Yeah, well, that, that was, was a- me playing drums. Cool. Kurt Vile, um, Anara George from The Bird and the Bee, um, and Sam and I sing with the Foo Fighters. That, that's all my drum stuff, but Sam and I, our gig has been singing backgrounds for the Foo Fighters for the past couple of years. Um, and you had a band with your brother, the Bell yeah. Brigade. Yes, great music. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Tell us about that. Oh, um, we um, when I, I'm I'm 
I'm about six years older than him. When I was uh, 25 and he was like 19, um, I had I had the band and I had written all these songs and then he graduated from high school and he's so amazing. And um, I was just like, want to do this together? And he was like, yes. And, and we just started writing songs together and got really lucky, got signed to Warner Brothers, got a, a huge budget for our first record recorded it at Capitol records um total dream come true um and then toured for toured it forever hardcore hardcore van tours like no sleep like scary snow van breaking down stuff nonstop <laughs> um and uh you know sleeping in the same bed with you know, your bandmates and they're snoring and probably me too. And just, you know, um, classic. Yeah. So, and so between those tours, I would then go on these like fancy tours and stay in five star hotels, like as a drummer for somebody else. Right. And so it was like, I was getting both sides of the touring thing. Um, just to keep you humble. That's cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And uh, and then we did a second record, did a little more touring. Actually, for the second record, we opened up for Ray LaMontagne for a year and a half, and we were also his backing band. Nice. So um, that was that was cool. And then um, just a bunch of life stuff happened. Um, Sam had a bunch of really uh, traumatic things happen uh, to to her, which was to both of us. And it just kind of flipped our life upside down. And, and, uh, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I, I wanted to, I didn't want to be the face. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to do like interviews. I didn't want to do photo shoots, things like that. Podcasts. I always wanted to. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not true. You don't <laughs> have to show your true. face on a podcast. <laughs> that's true. Um, so I was just like, I just want to write songs. Um, I want to make records and I'm totally down to like play drums for, I love playing drums for other people. Um, I love sitting behind a a fortress of a drum set. Um, and so that's just what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. And you write songs for Sam. Write songs for Sam. Um, write songs for, you know, a few different people so far have had you know stuff placed in movies and and uh tv shows and stuff like that that's awesome yeah yeah that's so cool did you by chance watch um pretend it's a city on netflix yet with fran leibowitz i did i I think i watched it the day it came out i loved it yeah (laughs) but the the thing she talks about with musicians how like music is just something it's like the the one thing you can indulge in that doesn't have any like negative <laughs> effects and it just like makes people happy and it's just like such a powerful thing and like Melody and I as comedians <laughs> are very aware of the difference between like how beloved musicians are <laughs> yeah and how being a comedian is nothing like that <laughs> definitely not um, but I will tell you, I will tell you though that 
so many musicians I know, including myself, we go through phases of like, I can't listen to music. Music does not make me happy. You know, you have to, the longer you do it, you have to keep on rediscovering your original joy with it. Mm. I think yeah. if you're professional anything, that's what what it's like, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also do think a lot of musicians want to be comedians deep down, and a lot of comedians <laughs> deep down want to be musicians. And then I remember that being affirmed in I the documentary. So right. <laughs> it's called the, what is it? The Comedians of Comedy? Was that what it was called? It was like Maria Bamford, oh. um, David Cross, um, some like alt comedians went on tour opening for musicians and bands and they're like this is awesome and they all talked about how deep totally. down they wanted to and I think they talked to musicians who had the flip side uh desire I don't know it's just something I've always thought about because I know oh I definitely God. I played guitar growing up I really wanted to be Jenny Lewis um <laughs> uh, and with her it was confusing and it still is um <laughs> but yeah a lot of my musician friends at least too um we're some of the funniest people I know or knew growing up. Who ended I up wanted music. to be Jim Carrey growing up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I just picture you being, uh, what's her name, Maya on Pen15, just like in school doing Jim Carrey impressions <laughs> from Ace Ventura. <laughs> My girlfriend like still does that. <laughs> uh, it, that was so real. Impression. That was so real for me. You know, Sam went to high school with her. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I right. just remember she told us that. That's so funny. And her dad is an amazing, amazing jazz drummer. Oh, so that was like a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Peter Erskine. Yeah. Ah, awesome. Because in the show, he's what, like a Steely Dan cover band drummer yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> that show is so fucking good, man. It's the it's best. So it's so funny. good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of fitting in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great show about that. Yeah. Right. That's what we're here to talk about because definitely uh, sometimes being a lesbian or being queer can feel lonely and it can feel like you like you don't fit in and it can be like very intimidating and everybody feels like they need to find community and we talk about community a lot and it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not always where you expect it and you mentioned feeling like really lonely uh, on like the bar scene in LA and definitely uh, have had experiences like that before. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, first of all, I think even if I was straight, I probably would have had that same loneliness experience in my 20s in in bar scenes. Yeah. I think maybe it's a part of just, you know, I don't know because I don't know what it would who I would be if I was straight. Yeah. That would be so weird. Um, but anyway, so yes, I found that I felt, of course, I've had experiences maybe on different tours where being the only gay person and, you know, pre-2015, like, it kind of shocks me how much people's mentality changed so fast once gay marriage became legal. Yeah. It was was like, I mean, to me, it completely normalized it like in one 
at least on the coasts or something. I didn't feel like I found my gay family until um, I found my gay boy family. Mm. And um, I think it has to do with the relief of, like, you know, going to a gay a, a gay male bar and not having anything to worry yeah. about or no anybody. Pressure. pressure, no pressure at all. Yeah, and um, also, I'm I'm so I feel bad about saying this, but I the amount of fun that I've had at gay male bars, it, you can't even compare to the amount of fun that I've had at gay female bars um unless i was like into a girl there you know what i mean yeah and just was like trying to like you know you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt but do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because rakuten shoppers do With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, <laughs> so what, what were the girl bars that you were going to in L.A.? Okay, they don't so, exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, so not, a, no, not a one. Not, not a one. And, and there, there's, no, there's no lesbian bars. There's lesbian nights. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ones that I went to, um, it was called Shotgun. I lived in Echo Park at the time. It's, it, it was at a place which is now called the Eagle. Back then it was called the Gauntlet. It's a leather bar. Um, there's always like hardcore porn playing, g- gay male porn playing on all the TVs. There's a huge There's a bar like that in Atlanta. Web. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, oh my God, that chain link spider web, I've gotten so many bruises on that thing. Just like trying to do like a running and jumping this thing, you know? <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that wasn't sexy, but I loved it. Um, so I did. I did that every Wednesday night. I did it every Wednesday night, and um, this was like you know, I guess early mid two thousands. So it was like, you know, a lot of everyone's wearing black and with the very emo or something, you know, (laughs) and I I, like I never did that, you know. Um, What was your strategy? Like when you went to a gay bar, like did you a a gay lady bar? So did you bring like a friend? Did you go alone? Okay, well, the first time in the very beginning before I had any lesbian friends, I would go. With my mom. Because <laughs> she's gay, right? Because she's gay. Yes. So oh, my gosh. My mom, my mom came out when I was 14. And uh, and I came out when I was 18. And so when I was 21, we would go to West Hollywood and go to Girl Bar in West Hollywood. That's um, so cool. And I was just like... Can't get over fucking this. mortified, like mortified. I, I think I blacked out. Like I can't tell you anything about it because I, I were there other like women of a certain age. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Okay, I really, I think I blocked it all out. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you ever see her like hook up with someone like on the dance floor or something like that, or, or like were there women that you were into and then they went and like hit on your mom? Like, was there any of that? First of all, ew. Second of all, yes. <laughs> Um, but, but the woman that she would, I, she had a girlfriend at the time. Okay. So like, I would go like, they'd be like, come on, go to the dance floor. Just go dance. What about that girl? Just go over there. And I'd be like, okay. And I was still like getting over my fear of dancing in public also, you know? And so I'd yeah. be like that. And, and then I'd kind of turn around to just like see, and they'd be making out and it'd just be like real gross. Oh my God. Yeah. What a uniquely L.A. experience. I don't know if it is, actually, but something about that feels like it. I love it. Yeah. Would you actively, like, try to pick up women, or would you wait for people to come to you, or did you just, like, stand in a corner scared while, like, looking at everybody? Did you send your mom? Stand in the corner scared looking looking for my mom. <laughs> we should have dyked out about <laughs> Dyke moms, we gotta have you yeah. back. We heard a Dyke mom episode. Oh, I mean, man. we can we can divert into Dyke mom territory right now. Yeah, if you want. yeah. I mean, we can talk about anything really. Yeah. Well, one time I found um, a, a a VHS in my mom's closet called "Lesbian Love from A to Z," <laughs> and I popped it in, and it was they go through the alphabet, the entire alphabet. And like do like lesbian sex moves or whatever that start with every letter of the alphabet. Oh my god! Were you still at the age where you're like, awesome programming to brush up on my alphabet? (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I was like 14, and I think that it was that weird combination of like so disturbed and so horny. You know, yeah, been there. <laughs> um, and that's when your mom came out, right? When you were fourteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think we should officially just change the topic to like mother daughter dykes. <laughs> okay. When your mom came out, did you know that you were also like that something was going on with with you too? 
Oh yeah, and I was I was completely resolved at that point to never tell anybody ever. Like I had I said to myself, "Oh, thank God. I I am this, but I don't ever have to tell anybody ever." <laughs> thank no God. one with gaydar is going to be living <laughs> 20 feet from me. <laughs> and dude, like I was wearing like shorts down to my like sh- lower shins, <laughs> basketball shoes and like big baggy shirts oh. and like, you know, writing anonymous love letters and to the girl that I loved and like fucking like creating like, you know, fake email accounts to like send her letters and shit like <laughs> How was I going to sustain that? Yeah. yeah. Without coming out. <laughs> Wait, it- I need to know if your mom had a, a sex talk with you before you were 14. <laughs> Did you have a straight sex talk and a gay sex talk and or Shit. We did we definitely we definitely didn't have a gay sex talk because I was having sex for a year before I came out. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think we had a straight sex talk. Cool. I don't think. I think the only thing that she said was, Barb, if you're going to have sex, just do it in the house. Don't just do, do it, it with a girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just do it just, with a girl. Do it with a girl. Be don't safe. do it in a yeah. car. What? Yeah. She didn't yeah. want me to do it in a car. She wanted me to do it in the house. Okay. So it was more special <laughs> or? <laughs> so. She's been uh, hearing about those question. kids. You know, <laughs> a lot of kids do that. Maybe she didn't want me to get arrested or something. I don't know yeah. for yeah. indecent exposure. Or maybe you think like you're less likely to use a condom or be safe about it if you're in a car because it's like I don't know. I don't it's not know. Like maritime I'm, law. I'm to- like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to rationalize like where this fear comes from of like whatever she does. I just don't want it happening in the car. Yeah. I'm so happy I never had to think about condoms. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys did you I guys had to think uh, about condoms? You I did, had to take you, the you morning guys... after pill because I didn't oh, use a no. condom my first time ever having sex with a guy. So <laughs> when you came out, was your mom like, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mom said. She was like, I, I knew, since, my dad was surprised. Um, my mom said she knew since I was, like, really, really young, like three or something like that. Which were you I, the one who you know, made her realize that she I know, was, was gay? she like, like, I knew you were gay before I knew I was gay. No, because she would have secret love affairs with girls when she was a teenager. Aww. And, like, on the weekends and then, like, go to school and, like, ignore the girl. You know, during the week. Oh, you know? yeah. wow! Okay. Stuff like I've that. Seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she had a lot of internalized homophobia mm-hmm. um, for the first ten years after she came out. And so she, I, when I asked her, "Did you know?" She was like, "I totally knew." And this is what I thought when I first realized it when you were really young. Shit, she has what I have. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I also feel like if I had a a daughter and she was gay, my first thought would be like, is it something I did? Even though I know that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) 
Was it something I did? Was I so awesome that this possibly yeah. happened? <laughs> you gotta be less awesome. <laughs> yeah, but but I think I think that is like something that like internalized homophobia, like whether we recognize it or not, is so ingrained that you have these thoughts of like shit. She has what I have. Totally. Yeah. But she was still going out with you to the gay bars eventually when you were like of age. Yes. And you got to see her in the wild. Um, yes. Did she have like, did she date around or did she kind of like settle with someone no. when she found? No. Yeah. Settled <laughs> with somebody. They were together for eight years. They broke up. And then now she has a new wife. You know, she felt really comfortable at the gay bars. It was like she was so fucking happy there. It was with all of her friends who knew her as straight Jenny um, that she had a really hard time with the first, you know, decade or so, you know. Mm. And it was a – she came out to me first – um, she came out to me when I was 14, and the world, she didn't tell anybody else for a year and a half, even though her girlfriend was living with us. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was the only person that knew. How did your dad take everything? They didn't have the most, they're friends now, but they didn't have the most amicable divorce. Um, and so I don't think that he, I've actually never talked to him about it. Like, I think that, it probably made sense to him, you know? So, oh, so they got divorced before she came out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like three years before. And then she was with a guy for for like a year or two after my parents, after they divorced. Oh. And then fell in love with this woman who was straight mm. and just fucking chased her so damn hard that she got her. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Oh, okay, I was gonna say who chased who. My mom some, chased. Sometimes this the straight woman. ones chase. Yeah, yeah that, totally. Yeah. Um, wow. Yes. Kudos to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this woman's queer <laughs> deep down. Um, yeah. She's now. Once they, I think my mom was the only woman she was ever with, and and she's been with men ever since, and men yeah. before. But um, yeah. What What's your mom's like aesthetic? Like, is she? <laughs> She's very preppy looking, but she's she's a she's a kook. She's a kooky cat. But she's a you know, she's she's preppy. She plays golf. Oh, she's love a, preppy um, lesbians. She's a like th- this is still some internalized homophobia for her. I know that my mom like if everybody on the world disappeared, my mom would sh- shave her head and, you know, dress how I dress, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I guess her compromise with herself is, uh, how she is now, which she wears like, you know, she's Does like she very, pearls, like, <laughs> Lily Pulitzer. She'll, she'll do that like on a fancy occasion, but not really. Like she wears like really nice button up shirts and a belt and banana Republic or something like that. Or yeah. Yeah. Banana Republic lesbian is definitely a thing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She, she does that and she's got, she's got really, really bright red hair on the weekends. It's plaid shorts, 
a collared shirt. Oh, amazing. Like a, a polo shirt. Yeah, of course. And uh, tennis shoes, you know. I feel <laughs> like I, I had a roommate uh, for a couple years when I lived in Atlanta, uh, and I... I think it was just like a different version of your mom. Like you are <laughs> describing like to a T my old roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Does she like give you advice or do you give her advice or? If, if either of us are, is the advice giver, it's me. Yeah. yeah. Do you recommend like movies to her? I was just like, going to say, is, you, does she consume like queer media now? Yeah. Do you talk about it? Did you talk Not about as- the happiest Not as voraciously season. as I do, <laughs> but um, yeah, like the last thing that I recommended to her was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Of course. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't have watched it, you know, if I, I don't think it was on her radar at all. Did your mom watch The L Word? Yeah, she did. I don't know if she got through the whole thing, but like we, we watched it, um, I think I was living at her house for a short period of time, like maybe during the first season. Mm. And um, so we would watch it together, which was weird. Yeah. That was awkward. I watch it with my mom. (laughs) My mom's like a big fan of the L word. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I could not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I will tell you though. Um, the first time I heard my mom talk about women in a sexual way was that, so my grand, my, her dad, my grandfather is a famous composer. He, 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 his name is John Williams. He did all of Steven Spielberg's scores. Like that's John's. musical genius. I know who John Williams is. That's yeah. your grandpa? That's my grandpa. That's oh my, my mom's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so one, one year, he was nom- he you know he's been nominated for like more academy awards than anybody yes. in the history of the academy awards so one year i was 14 it was like right when my mom came out to me and no 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 one else knew at this point he was nominated for this movie called amistad oh yeah, yeah. and he didn't think he was going to win and so he was said to my mom he was like do you want to go and take barbara and so we went, and that was the year, that was the um, the Titanic year. Yeah. It was yeah. the Goodwill hunting year, you know. So anyway, we were there. I, I barely have, I don't know, it's, it was, it's a blur, but we went. I had to wear, you know, a dress, which was always very traumatizing for me. But <laughs> we went there, and we, we sat down, and Sharon Stone was a couple seats away from us, and my mom goes, Whoa. God, Sharon Stone is such a fucking fox. <laughs> and I was like, It's <laughs> 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 <That's> amazing. <laughs> it's one thing for your mom to be like, Sharon Stone's so fucking hot, but just like in person, like yeah, just, yeah. just a woman over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because there were four there was four years between my mom coming out and me coming out. It was like I had to work extra hard to hide it for four years. So like anytime imagine. anything gay came up. So oh were you just like, God. oh, I wish Leo was here so I could bone him. Like, Oh, just yeah. To I know off. I had. Who's, I <laughs> think JTT. I pretended to like. Yeah. I, 
JTT. Okay, well, we all did. Uh, just these yeah. boys yeah. look like girls, and that's right. That's boys look like Devin girls. Sawa. Mm-hmm. I love exactly. Totally. I mean, Brad Pitt. I, mm-hmm. I I had the Legends of the Fall poster on my wall. <laughs> yes. Oh, I loved Legends of the Fall. Brad Pitt. He was yeah. so pretty. And, so and pretty. interview with a vampire. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Right. Totally. Very into those looks. <laughs> yeah. Matthew um, Lawrence. I forgot to bring that up when we talked to uh, Mara Wilson. <laughs> I had a huge crush on Matthew Lawrence. Oh, me too. Because he was a Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Yeah. Wait a minute. Anyway. Is yeah. I, I, is Mara Mara Wilson was a little girl in Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, yeah. Matilda. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, and you're gonna think I'm lying because everybody everybody does. My okay. My mom had a stroke when my brother was born. A massive, oh, yeah, yeah. massive stroke. That happens, um, yeah. And she uh, she was in a coma for three days. The doctor said, quote, unquote, she's going to be a vegetable for the rest of her life if she, if she survives. Oh, my she God. She ended up surviving. Um, the whole right side of her body was paralyzed. She, it took her a couple years of rehab. She was in a wheelchair, was in a walker, didn't know who I was, had to wow. relearn how to talk and think and – like couldn't understand metaphor. Like if somebody said, "I can't make it. I'm all tied up," she'd be like, "What?" She, oh, you know, wow, yeah, wow. Just like had to relearn everything. Made a full recovery over the course of a few years. Um, oh. I was I was almost seven when 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 she when she had the stroke. But anyway, it was like a one in a million recovery, and like people at like the American Heart Association, like found out about it and blah, blah, blah. And they wanted to make like a lifetime movie about her. So they fucking made a lifetime movie about my mom's stroke. And it was called A Time to Heal. And Mara Wilson played me. No! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) That's so funny. Excuse me while I Google just very quick. (laughs) It's called A Time to Heal. Have you talked to Mara about this? No, I, 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 ne- I think I may, I met her then. Like I just yeah. said, hi, you know. That's oh so funny. my yeah. god! Yeah, we just, she played. We just had her on the podcast. Yeah, she played Barbara. She played Barbara Barton in A Time to Heal. Wow. And Nicolette Sheridan played oh my, my mom. I had a crush on her when I was a kid. <laughs> That's so funny. Nicolette Sheridan played your mom. Yeah. Wow. 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 There's wow. like a like, my my family goes like I'm like fourth generation Los Angeles like my yeah, great grandmother. All of this is so LA to me. Yeah. In the yeah. best like just like Hollywood. Yes. Your grandpa, you know My great grandmother has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame because she they dubbed her first lady of radio. She was the what? most famous like radio actress. Her name was was Lorene Tuttle. She died when I was three, um, and she was like the, the yes. biggest. And she also she was in a hundred episodes of TV. She was on fucking I Love Lucy. She was wow. had a role in Psycho. She yeah. was like a, a character actress and and an acting coach and acting. I teacher. know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that's my great grandma and her. Her daughters, my mom's mom, and she was also um, she was also an actress, um, Barbara Ruick, my namesake. Whoa, um, yeah, like a lot of old. Yeah, old you can't Hollywood leave stuff. there. Yeah, 
It's just so interesting to think about having a, a mom who, just going back to the topic, who's also the new topic. Um, <laughs> to think about having a mom who's also queer to relate to in that way, because it's like, it's always this thing where you feel like, I, I don't know. It's like there's this thing with my mom where I feel like she can relate to my sister or her and my sister can relate to something that like I will just never be a part of or never know. And I feel like my mom will never fully ex- like understand me, even though, um, you know, my wife and I have spent a lot of time around her and like she's known that I've been gay since I was 17, 18 um, but like, and, and she's watched the L word, but I still don't think like she gets it, you know? You're making me realize that I do take it for granted. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely do. I let's haven't call her. thought about that. Yeah, let's call her. Call her up right now. Um, yeah, it is, it, it that I've, it's just because it is what it is, but, um, I just, while you were talking, I was imagining having a mom that wasn't gay. Yeah. And there are a lot of special, special things about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can go, my mom and I can go into friend zone a lot. Like, yeah. Like we, we do, we have some mother daughter type feeling things, but mostly we're kind of like buddies and, um, in a good way. I don't mean in a, in like a detached way. Like we, right. Maybe that's because we're both part of that is because we're both gay and we can kind of feel comfortable. Yeah. You can relate on a level that some close friends will never be able to relate on. Yeah. My mom has very gay energy, but still not gay. And I don't, (laughs) we'll never be able to relate on that. I don't know. I'm still waiting. I feel like my mom, Oh, you, you know, Carolyn, (laughs) You feel yeah. it. <laughs> mom has a lot of gay energy. <laughs> What's that like in terms of the women you've dated? Like, is your mom like very opinionated about it? Like, even in a different way? Or I thought you were going to be like, is your mom like the prototype? Like, are you trying to find? Oh your mom? <laughs> no, I wasn't even going to dig there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to um, ask you if you're if you and your mom have the same type if you have a type I think so because like who wouldn't think Sam was hot (laughs) are you like mom Um, chill (laughs) yeah I'm like mom back down um but actually oh my god so at our wedding um she met one of Sam's best oldest friends um and she and Sam are she's short like Sam, you know, they're like five feet tall. They kind of look a little bit alike. Um, but both Sam and I called it so hard. My mom like beelined for her and was like, hi, I'm Jenny. I'm Barbara's mom. (laughs) And, and we were like, oh, okay. Mom likes Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I don't know. My mom, my mom's cool. She doesn't have a type. She's yeah. of of the three women that I've known that she's dated, like in terms of like their gender expression, have been all over the board. Like, yeah, high femme, butch of the butch, mm-hmm. yeah, and like, like me, and straight down the middle. Is your mom with someone right now, 
or yes, okay, yeah, yeah, she's married. She actually got married in that weird little um, space of time that gay marriage was legal in California, and then it yeah. Got taken away, and then it came back. Right, right. Mm -hmm. There are questions that I want to ask you that feel, like, so inappropriate. Um, Go! (laughs) Yeah? Go! Who do you think's better in bed, you or your mom? (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You know... (laughs) Fuck, I bet she's really good. Yeah? I really do. (laughs) I bet she's really good. But it's so gross to think about, but, like... I one time with her with her wife now like like Sam and I like came upon like some like masks in their in their bedroom or something and like little things with feathers and like <laughs> one day Joan was like oh that's how I tickle your mommy's hiney <gasps> Joan 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 <laughs> is that is that how Joan talks. <laughs> She says things yeah, like she Heine. She says things like Heine. She she when she talks about my mom, she says mommy. Oh wow. And but I love this woman. She yeah, is fucking me fantastic. Too. Um but who's better in bed, <laughs> me or my mom? Fuck. God damn it. I'm going to go with me because I'm not grossed out by me having sex. I'm grossed out by my mom having Fair. sex. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think has stronger gaydar, you or your mom? Me. Okay. Who do you think better is better at picking up women? My mom. Yeah. Women have to pick me up. I need to be hit <laughs> over the head. Ooh, yeah. who's higher on the Kinsey scale, you or your mom? Ooh. What's the, how does the what's the Kinsey scale okay, again? How does that so work? So a Kinsey zero is completely straight. A six would be full blown. He's gay. Okay. Uh huh. Carolyn's a six. Yeah. Or five point five. If we think about nineties actors, okay. Think about Mark McGrath. No. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am four point five five, four five around there. Uh huh. You. I'm a six, and I think my mom is uh, like a four four five because she was in love with my dad. Okay. Once she came out, though, like, did she ever dip back into the dude pool again? Or was she like, oh, no, like, moving forward, I'm... Oh, God. She would never go back. Yeah. She'd never go back. Yeah. 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 Same with my wife. My wife was married to uh, a man. Your wife is so funny in that way. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I'm convinced is queer or just like, you know... Or like somewhere on the Kinsey scale, but she's like, well, I'm dating Carolyn now, so I'm a lesbian. <laughs> but she also, yeah. I don't think she would ever go back. She she said she would never go back, but when I met her, she said she was bisexual, but she thought she just had to say bisexual because she was married to a man. So I thought that she was, I mean, I just thought she ID'd as bisexual and, you know, would go either way. But like, she, like, I brought that up at one point and she was like, I would never be with a man again I was like oh same with Sam it's Samantha's the exact same yeah Mm -hmm. oh man Allie's Allie listens to every episode my girlfriend's gonna listen to this and be so pissed off (laughs) why can't you swear them off forever (laughs) because I'll just be like just know (laughs) mean sexuality is valid (laughs) 
And I'm not completely <laughs> new. <laughs> Hates it. Hates it so much. <laughs> well, I want a gay mom. She, my mom is gay in every way except for the pussy eating. Every way. Uh, she's just, she's got to try it. Can't yeah. knock it till you try it. My mom's so straight that she makes those annoying straight girl comments about wishing she was gay. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Or yeah, she'll she'll be like, oh, you know. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm like, but she's so she's so thirsty for the attention of men yes. to a point where I'm like, don't. It's <laughs> it it's really off putting how yeah. much my mom needs attention from men, and she she swears that she doesn't. But I'm like, you do. Like I've seen her flirt with a guy before and it was horrifying I'm like who are you this is embarrassing I'm embarrassed for you at how thirsty you are right now mother man yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that yeah but then also I don't know would I be weirded out if she was you know talking about Sharon Stone that way yeah my mom gets horny for girls and that's gross so so I think we're we're even mm-hmm. yeah my mom's repressed. So I guess I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Do you have any other gays in your family? Oh yeah, my my brother, my my he's my half brother, but he's my brother. My, uh, my dad and my dad's wife had a kid when I was 16. Now he's 21 and he is oof. That yeah. is you can't get gayer than that. He's as gay as I am. He yeah. really is. And you know, we had we had family members like on my dad's side, you know, the orthodox people. We have very conservative Jews in Venezuela, mm-hmm. orthodox and they're all great people and whatever, but I remember when my mom first came out and then I came out, everyone thought, "Oh, she's just trying to do what her mom does." You know, like as if that it's a choice suck. and blah yeah. blah blah. And right. then Boom, Eli came out and he was like wearing dresses at two, high heels at two. Now he's a professional ballet dancer. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, I, you know, they were my dad and, and his wife, I think they were in denial about it for a really long time. He came out when he was 16 and I knew from the moment he could walk, truly. Right. Um, one time I, he was about four years old and, you know, my dad would try to like get him gifts to like promote like straightness in him, oh, you know, oh. my dad has turned a lot of corners. He's cool now. With, yeah. With yeah. That, yeah, with yeah. That stuff. But, um, so he bought Eli when he was four, this little basketball hoop, like those plastic basketball hoops that are like orange and blue and whatever. And I love basketball. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll put it together for him. So I went over there and I put it, took it out in the front yard, put it together, put the base in, put the water in the base, set everything up. And then the last step is the net. And I'm like looking for the net. Like, where the fuck is the net? I can't, I can't find it. And I turn around and Eli, four-year-old Eli is wearing the net. (laughs) And I just looked at him and he was going like this. It's my basketball skirt. <laughs> Work. And I was just like, I fucking love you so much. And uh, That's adorable. That's so Man, cute. the day he came out to me, ugh, I had been waiting 16 years yeah. and was just, I just started clapping. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, did a, I did a slow clap for him. Sam started crying and I started clapping. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, he's gay. We got like a gay cousin on one side, a, like a second uncle on another side. Um, yeah, lots of gay. Yeah. Yeah, I have gay cousins, but we really don't talk about it too much. Statistically, I have to. I have so many cousins. There's yeah. like six oh, yeah. siblings on my mom's side and my dad's side. Like, but like Persians don't talk about it. But yeah, there has to be. When things happen and like current events and stuff, like, do you that have to do with like gay rights or stuff like that? Do you go and talk to your mom about it, or are you more likely just to like talk to Sam or talk to friends? Talk to Sam. Talk to friends. Um, you know, my mom's on the you know, in my opinion, the the correct side of, of things, but she um she's kind of, you know, she her vote is her voice. Her vote is her voice and she doesn't really talk about politics really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do, does she have a lot of queer friends? I mean I know you mentioned she would go to gay no. bars and stuff with her, but no. Just no, her girlfriends. She, I don't know if she has any gay friends oh I know this whole she... time i just assumed she had more queer friends than me <laughs> yeah no i, I think why. she's they've got two they've got two friends that are gay but they're guys um but no she's she doesn't have she doesn't have lesbian friends i feel like that's a thing that like they're they're just like some lesbians who have like no lesbian friends or are more likely to be friends with gay guys that's how i used to be and yeah. then there are some lesbians who, like, all their friends are lesbians and they've all dated each other or are queer. Or, or some know. lesbians who don't have any friends. That's very, I mean, just who are content to be at home together. Oh, Wait, Not yeah. just lesbian couples. My parents have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm all three of those at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, <laughs> me too. You know, anything else you want to say about you and your mom both being gay? Do you get matching outfits? What, what's the deal? <laughs> um, I'm not big on plaid shorts, so that's right. We don't, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we don't do matching outfits. Um, <laughs> but do you ever see. see anything that's like like a gay like tchotchke, and you're like, oh, I want this. Maybe I should get one for my mom too, like a mug that's like, uh, I I'm so gay, I can't even drink straight, and it's like on a slant. One of those? <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. They do have, they do have like a, um, a Mrs. and Mrs., uh, like a wooden thing hanging in the kitchen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's Joan's move. That's not my mom's move. Yeah, my mom is yeah. very, like, basic needs. Like, mm. she likes, the other day I was talking to her and, and she was like, what do I like? <laughs> I'm like... Mom, you like golf. You like hmm. <laughs> you like music. And that's pretty much it. She you likes know, golf we have, and music. We have a Joan merch. We do. What's that mean? Have you seen Fun Home or 
<laughs> it's uh, a yeah. sports bra that, that just says Joan all over it. My wife made it. She just, uh, we were listening to changing my major and then she just started writing like Joan and all these different fonts and then made a sports bra out of it and we sell it on our Etsy shop and only like one person has bought it. Okay, I'm going to buy Joan a Joan Yeah, Joan for Joan's for birthday. Sure. You gotta yeah. Get it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> great, 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 great. Perfect. Oh man. Barb, where can people follow you on social media? I love your stories. Thank on you. On Instagram. Um, I think my Instagram handle is B Gruska, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Yeah, Actually, smart. I think my fa- I did Facebook like whatever, like years and years ago, like maybe 2000, earlier than 2008. And I think it still exists. And I think at certain points it may have been hijacked. Oh, probably. But, and I can't get into it to like cancel it because it was made with an email address that no longer exists. Like so a, they're just like, posting about like Ray Bans on sale, like over and over <laughs> yeah. from your name. I, I mean, I hope it's something like that and not something like really bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, not something but, that's going to uh, have the FBI show up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, um, and then, do you get do you get uh, checks from Spotify if people give you a stream on the Bell Brigade? Do you get those sweet? Oh yeah, I like residuals. To- Oh, I I got a one cent check on my refrigerator right now. I love I love I never cash those ones. I like to keep them. Right? Yeah. I get twenty yeah. cent checks from Audible for a couple of comedy tracks. I'm never gonna deposit. Never, or cash never gonna them. cash them. Yeah. <laughs> one time I actually got a phone call saying, "Hey, you haven't um you haven't cashed your check. Um, do you want us to reissue it?" <laughs> Yeah. And I, I was like, which che- I was like, oh, the one for forty seven cents. I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, could you just you mail know? me a couple nickels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hold on though. That's how Spotify is making all their money. They're sending out all these checks and no for just like a few cents them. at a time. Nobody's know, cashing them. That's fucked up. <laughs> and also, money is money. That's what my grandpa always said, and he's right. Money is money. A penny saved. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, everybody stream that and the Bell Sam- Brigade. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stream Samantha Sidley. Uh, yeah. Barb, you wrote the songs. I love them. I do not exaggerate. Every time I tell Sam that I'm like listening to her music, I listen like since seeing her in concert that first time, I listen to that album every week. Oh, every week. It just puts me in such a good mood. It puts uh, me in a good mood because it was one of the last things I did before everything <laughs> shut down. Right. Like, right. I it was the last, the last happy recording. memory we have. Like we, Caroline and I went to this lovely show. We saw y'all perform and then we listened to the vinyl like the next morning and then y'all, you guys came over and it was like, yeah, was, so I think fun. it was my first official it, Diking Out co-host yes, interview. It was. Just it like, was. So you yeah, guys yeah, hold yeah. a very special place in my heart. And yeah. like, it was the music. And then I brought my wife to go see Samantha the next night. Right. And I was That's trying right. to get my mom to fly in to see, because I'm like, my mom oh would my love God. this. My mom would that love is, it. That's awesome. We're, we're in the middle of recording the second one right now. I'm oh, yeah. so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. God, I can't get enough. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Thank you. Right, Bye. Bye. What did we tell you? So great. So lovely. So fun to talk to. Ugh. 
add to the list of people that were just so bummed that we're not diking out and hanging out in person mm-hmm. and not able to just like chill with afterwards, you know, but we will, we're going to, we're already making virtual plans with Barb. So that's fun. In the meantime, let's get to our listener question. Yes. I believe this one is from a patron because I did see it come in recently and look at that. It's at the top of the list. Let's go. I've been dating my girlfriend for over five years. We're both very young, but I would like to finally propose to her this summer. I have the ring and I've been making plans with her friends, but I haven't said anything to her parents yet. I've gotten pretty close to them over the years, but I'm very nervous about telling them my plans. They have made it clear that they don't want my girlfriend to get married until she's finished her degree, which is the plan. We'd just be getting engaged. But I'm still worried they'll freak out a bit and then tell her. Also, my girlfriend has mentioned that she doesn't want her parents there when I do finally propose, which is going to be hard to explain, too. On the other hand, since I have gotten so close to her parents, I'm worried that they'll be hurt by me proposing behind their backs. They've done nothing but treat me as family for the past five years. How would you recommend talking to them about this if telling them before is even the best option? Carolyn, I default to you, our gay marriage expert. (laughs) What do you think? Well, on our Happiest Season episode, both you and Erica absolutely panned the idea of talking. No, we panned asking the dad for That's right. I was wondering if that made the cut because I was like, I feel like I've like gone off. Yes, where I mentioned that I did in my first marriage ask, not so much ask, but I gave a heads up to the family. I called them and it sounds like a similar kind of family situation that they would be upset had they not been clued in because I remember uh, after we were engaged, um, her my ex's sister was proposed to and he didn't tell the parents and the mom was like really mad mm. that she didn't know that it was going to happen, even though I don't think they should be. I don't think it is the parents' business. I, I really don't, don't. You know? Yeah, I I made that decision based on, I don't know, just thinking that I I wanted them to like me more. Um, they lived in New York. We were living in Atlanta. And I thought that that would be a way to maybe um, make them feel better about it since they didn't know me as well. If they thought that, you know, I was thinking about them and cared about their thoughts, it would more had to do with that. With this, if you're already close to them and if you're, if your girlfriend doesn't want them there, uh, leave it up to your girlfriend to smooth it over after the fact if they're upset. You know, what's really important is what you want and what your girlfriend wants. So I would say go ahead and then let your girlfriend know afterwards that you were a little bit nervous about not telling her parents and see if the two of you can do something maybe after the fact to make them feel special and included around it. Your girlfriend doesn't even want your parents involved on the day of. So I think she's going to be, at least she's going to think it's fine. She'll take on that. Yeah. She'll take on the emotional labor after they're her parents, right? It's you just focus on your proposal. That's way too much to pile on to that already kind of stressful moment. Right. Right. Is it stressful? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the thing about grad school and the timing of it, that's something that, you know, they're just going to have to deal with. And then maybe that's news better to give them after the fact. If you give it to them before, they might be like, oh, what about the and worry a lot. Whereas if you just come to them and say, hey, we have some exciting news to share. Don't worry, we're waiting <laughs> to get married until she's done with grad school. Though I always think that's so weird, man. What, waiting I know after so school? many people... Well, I mean, I know, I guess there are certain things to wait for, but sometimes I hear of couples that are like, oh, we have to wait for this to happen or for that to happen or for this. I'm like, what? There's always going to be something like if you want to get married, look at me. If you want to get married, just do it. (laughs) If you wake up one day, I think I'll get married today. (laughs) It's legal. No, but this whole like, what, like what's, what's the difference before you graduate grad school and after you graduate grass. Like, why is that a thing? That just seemed, like, I just think like 30, 30 years ago, you know, people weren't waiting. Like people got married while they were in school all the time. Right. I, I mean, women would go to college so they could eventually drop out after they meet the man they're going to marry. <laughs> um, that's where you went to get married. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just have a weird time stacking up the expectations that come with this institution that we were never historically included in. Um, Yeah. So it's weird to kind of adhere to like antiquated things when we're taking it and making it our own. Right. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around that. Also culturally, I don't understand. I come like I was raised by parents from a different culture. So the whole asking all that. It was like, they were arranged most of the time. Um, uh, so I don't know. So that's why I kind of, I have to default to you. Yeah. I say don't sweat it and then figure it out with your girlfriend or fiance after the fact and see how to best approach it with them because it is their parents and she might have a preference in it too. So at least you can include her in that. And that can be your first Test is an engaged couple. I can't wait to get an email like in a few days. Like, oh, 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 I couldn't wait. No, we already already did it. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, dykes. Uh, yeah, we waited three days too long <laughs> to answer this question. Yeah. Well, if you have a question, you can email it over to us, dykingout at gmail.com. Or if you have a longer question or want to answer in video form that's private, you can go to jemi.app slash out, And we have a bunch of things there uh, that you can partake in if you want one-on-one convos, advice, if you want to start your own podcast and you want uh, somebody to coach you through what that's like starting that up it's all available there you can follow us on social media at diking out and at diking out pod on tiktok you can follow me at tgi carolyn on twitter on instagram you can follow me at melody kamali on instagram twitter and rizzle now (laughs) really gonna be pushing this rizzle thing huh (laughs) desperate times Thank you for listening and diking out this week. We'll see you next Tuesday, baby. Hey. 
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.